All right, open your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you are new and joining with us, we're in the middle of a series. We're actually shifting gears today, uh, but for you, uh, it, shifting gears wouldn't matter because it's your first time here. So, uh, But you can jump on and hear any of our messages, but we started a series called He Is Like, and we changed that today to He Is because the last three weeks we've been talking about, or four weeks we've been talking about what He's like. And so in the Bible, it talks about how He's like oil, how He's like a dove, how He's like wind, how He's like fire. Um, how he's like uh, a seal, how he's like fruits. So we talked about all those things and all of those uh, he is like are just uh, things that, tangible things that we can understand. But the, the benefits of those things really point to the character of the Holy Spirit. So he is not a dove, he's not an it, he's not some wind that you can't know, but there's attributes of those things that really uh, help you understand the Holy Spirit and his personality and his character. Uh, of course, the Holy Spirit is God, and so we want to understand who he is in our life. And so uh, that's the reason why we started with those, is let's grow in our relationship, let's grow in our understanding of the Holy Spirit, uh, and uh, let's continue to seek him just as we seek the Father and the Son. We need to seek the Holy Spirit as well. And so, uh, so that's kind of what this series is about. Today we're talking about he is, and we're going to be talking about how he's a giver. Uh, the Holy Spirit, like Christ, Christ gave us salvation, gives us mercy, gives us grace. Uh, the Holy Spirit is also a giver. Uh, the Father's also a giver. They're, they give phenomenally. And so today I want to talk about some of the gifts that he gives to us. And so we're going to talk about the discerning gifts today. Um, but we're going to talk about the spiritual gifts. So uh, you're probably in one of three camps if you're here today. So one, uh, you don't know anything about spiritual gifts. And that's okay. That's where I was at one point. Uh, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, so today uh, you will. And so in fact, Paul writes about that. He says, I don't want you to be ignorant, not in a, in a negative way, but I want you to make sure that you know these things because it's very important to your, your active everyday life. And so he, he begins to te teach the Corinthians that. Um, but also uh, for you, it's so important that we know the scriptures and we know the Holy Spirit. Second, the second camp is I'm saying spiritual gifts and hair standing up on your head because you've had a bad experience or you've seen abuse. Uh, I want you to know as well that Paul is writing to the Corinthian church because they're abusing the gifts. That's really why he's writing them is to bring correction uh, to the Corinthians because they were using the gifts for their own benefit and they're taking the credit. Uh, and you're going to see that the gifts are given by the Holy Spirit. He, he owns the gifts, not us. And so he's correcting the Corinthians because they're using it for power, for influence, and he's holding it, they're holding it over people's heads to get something that they want. And that is, uh, although people will do, be people, even in the church sometimes there's, there's manipulation and things that happen. Uh, thankfully, God is always faithful. Even though they're doing that, God's still healing people, God's still helping people, and God's still doing what he does. But Paul is saying, look, this isn't the way that God intended for his gifts to be used. And there's correction to the Corinthians. So if you're in that camp, I just want you to know, hey, uh, this is why Paul wrote the book to the Corinthians. That's why uh, we try to communicate from uh, the church uh, the heart of God. We believe in all the gifts, uh, so I just want to be clear. Uh, we, don't, uh, we don't believe some are dead and some are active. We believe they're all active and they're all part of our, our daily lives. For every believer, not just for select few, every believer, the Holy Spirit is empowering and equipping. And so we believe that as a church. And you'll hear about that in our growth track if you're new with us and you want to get more information. We have that all available for you in our growth track. Uh, but today I want to talk about the discerning gifts. And so First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, before we get into these gifts, I want to just kind of read it for you. Uh, I want this to be straight from Scripture. I think it's really important that we learn from the Word of God and that the, the Word of God is teaching us and the Holy Spirit is guiding us in the truth. Uh, I'll give you some stories, but really I'm going to give you more Scripture than I am stories uh, because the Scripture speaks for itself, and I think it's so important that we learn from the Word of God. Uh, so let's start in verse 4 of uh, chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. It says, There are diversity of gifts but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but uh, it, it is the same God who works all in all. 
But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one person, the word of wisdom through the, through the Spirit, to another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit, to another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another, working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, discerning of spirits, to another, different kinds of tongues, to another, interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. And so uh, that's really where we're going to hang for these next three weekends is in this block of scripture. Uh, of course, there's more scriptures I can give you, but, um, but I want you to go home hungry and feeding yourself as well. But we're going to really break down these few verses as well. Uh, one thing, uh, as we, before we get into these gifts, uh, there's some clear, uh, really writing and purposeful writing in the scripture. Uh, one thing is repeated over and over and over and over again, and I think it's purposeful, and I think there's a reason why, Paul, again, because there is abuse. So he's making it very clear clear who he's talking about who what's the one thing he keeps saying over and over and over again same spirit it's the same spirit it's the same spirit it's the same spirit he's clarifying and he's uh he's telling the corinthian church he's telling us look guys this is from the holy spirit this is from god itself it's you can't take credit for this it's it's they're his gifts he's the one that's giving you these gifts it's it's god so who owns the gifts the holy spirit does it's not people and so i'm always careful when someone says i'm a healer I'm a prophet. I'm always careful. Uh, not that they're not doing things, those things on God's behalf, uh, but we need to be careful that we're not letting our egos and our, and our arrogance get in the way. Uh, look, I am not a prophet, and I am not a healer. He is the healer, and he is the one that gives all of these gifts. And so it's very important to recognize the owner, okay, who also distributes the gifts, the Holy Spirit does. He distributes the gifts as he wills, is what Scripture says. So it's, it's him, he's the owner, and he's the one distributing. Who's the receiver? Us, we are. Okay, so I just want to make sure that we're all understanding what the Holy Spirit is writing here. He, it's him that owns the gifts. It's him that's distributing them. He's giving them to us, but let's remember where they came from. Okay, it's very powerful. It's always memorable. It's always good. In fact, it's, it's pretty mind-blowing when these things happen in your life. Uh, but let's bring credit where credit is due and say, God, thank you. Thank you for giving me that gift. Thank you for allowing me to share that with somebody. Uh, the second thing uh, I want us to know is it's always about unity. Uh, one thing interesting about this scripture, uh, and I don't, uh, I don't know Greek, but I do like to study Greek. Uh, but one thing you, you need to know is it talks about diversities, differences, diversities. Now, in our nation today, diversities, differences, and diversities brings disunity. But the actual Greek word talking about these diversities and these differences and, the, and the, all the different activities and ways that we do things actually speaks of, yes, they are all, there's a, a wide range or a wide aspect. There's nine gifts. There's a lot of different ministries. There's a lot of different ways that we all live, uh, but they all bring unity. Uh, so that, that word actually means, yes, there's a diversity, but the diversity brings unity. And that's a beautiful picture of, of God himself, but it's also a beautiful picture of the church. That there are a differences, there's a diversity of gifts, there's a difference of ministries, and there's a diversity of activities. We all have different gifts. Some of you, uh, you know, have, have a job or vocation. Some of you uh, are stay-at-home moms. Some of us work on the farm. Some of us work and maybe you're an electrician. Maybe you're a doctor. Maybe you're a lawyer. You know, maybe you work on cars. It really doesn't matter. All of those things can be used for the kingdom of God. And so I love how there's a diversity of how we use our gifts. There's a diversity of how we do ministry, but it all points to God, and it points to the Father, and it points to the Son, and it points to the Holy Spirit. Today, we're going to talk about the difference 
the diversities of gifts. There's nine spiritual gifts, and we're going to break them up into threes. And if you're logical, you're going to like this. They all start with Ds. There's the, uh, the one that we're talking about today. There's a discerning gift. There's the declarative gifts. And there's the dynamic gifts. And so we're going to break those nine up into three. Uh, but first, we're going to look at discerning gifts. And when it comes to discerning gifts, we're talking about, um, some of us will say, I have the gift of discernment. That's not really a gift. All right, that's really, discernment comes from when we mature in Christ, we're able to discern through the word of God and make good decisions based on how we're discerning, based on what we're learning and how we're maturing and growing. Uh, but discerning gifts just means that you perceive things. You, you're able to discern what God's saying. You're able to perceive what he's saying. And then you're able to receive it. And prayerfully, you're able to give it. Uh, so that's, when I talk about discerning gifts, God's telling you something. The Holy Spirit's telling you something. And whatever that is, you're receiving it from the Lord, and then you're going to be faithful to give it to somebody. Here's the amazing thing about eight of the nine gifts. Eight of them, uh, eight of the gifts, almost all of them are for other people. They're given to you, but they're given to you to be given away. There's only one gift, which we'll talk about in the last week, uh, that is to edify or to encourage or to build you up. And we'll talk about that in the last week. All the other eight are given from the Holy Spirit, distributed to you, and you receive them. And then you have to have the faith to give it to somebody else. And so know that about the gifts. They're always for others. And I love that because it speaks towards the mission. Obviously, there's no disunity between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But what's the greatest commandment? Love God and love others, right? So very simple. Love God, love others. So love the Holy Spirit. Love who he is. Understand who he is. Seek him. Understand the God that is living inside of you. And then love others. And how do we love others? Well, yes, it's by living out the fruits of the Holy Spirit. It's important that we live out the fruits that we learned in the first few weeks, that we're displaying character, integrity, love, gentleness, kindness, goodness, self-control. Look, that's all who God is, and that's how we need to keep maturing in our life. But there's also going to be these special supernatural gifts that only he can give you, and it's for others. It's always to love others. It's always to help others, to bless others. And by the way, the gifts are always a blessing. They're never cursed. They're never hurtful. They're never deceitful. They're never painful. Uh, the, it, the, if they are painful, the only reason is, is because you're realizing the truth and you're not living up to the truth. But they're not meant to hurt as far as like say, speaking negative or hurtful things to people. They're meant to help and to bless and really to set free uh, people wherever they are. And so remember that the gifts are from the Holy Spirit. They're distributed to you from him. You're the receiver, but they're to be given away. They're always for other people. Always, always, always for other people. And so uh, that's kind of a few key nuggets that you get out of this, this passage as you read it. Uh, all right, so let's uh, look at these three gifts, the discerning gifts. The first one is the word of knowledge. How many of you guys have ever heard of these gifts? The word of knowledge, discerning gifts. How many of you have not? It's okay if you haven't. I was in that camp too. All right, so we want to teach you uh, some of these discerning gifts. Really, discerning means to perceive or to discern, to understand. So when we talk about the word of knowledge, here's the definition. And so uh, knowing something specific that you didn't learn by natural means. So it's not uh, if you knew your neighbor was sick and you knew they were going through something, maybe they were going through, maybe you even knew what the sickness was. It's not you knowing that in the natural and then coming up to them, you know, the Lord told me you were sick. That's not the gift of knowledge. The gift of knowledge is that you have no idea what's going on in that person's life, but God drops something into your heart or he drops something into your spirit to give to that person. And you may know a, a specific based on what God gave to you, but you have no idea what that person is going through. But God has given it to you and you give that in faith. And it always, again, it's always for the other person. It's always a blessing. Let me give you an example out of scripture and then I'll give you a physical example as well. 
uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 8 is where you find that. It's, it's what I just read. Uh, for To one is giving the word of wisdom. And one is given, I'm sorry, yes. And the other, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. So those are two of the discerning. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge. So we're looking at word of knowledge. John 4, 17 and 18 is a good example of a word of knowledge. This is when Jesus uh, was walking through Samaria and he runs into a woman, the, the woman at the well. We don't have a name. That's how we know her is the woman at the well. Uh, verse 17 and 18 says, The woman answered and said, I have no husband, speaking to Jesus. And Jesus said to her, You have said well, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you have it now is not your husband, and that you have spoken truly. That is a word of knowledge. The woman said, look, I have no husband. They've never met before. They've never had a conversation, relationship. Jesus walks into a town. She's there drawing water. And she makes a comment. And Jesus gets a word of knowledge from the Holy Spirit and says, you're right. You do not have a husband. You've had five husbands. And if you know anything about the story, what happens? The lady's blown away. She's not mad. She's not angry. She's not frustrated. She's actually overcome by how he could know that. Uh, and it changes her, transforms her. From that day, she becomes a, an amazing disciple for Christ. In fact, Jesus stays in the town two more days because she goes out and gets the whole town to come because she's so amazed about what he said and the, and the wisdom and all of those things that, that God is speaking of. And so he communicates to her, and she, she's changed forever, all because of a word of knowledge. And I love that Jesus, now you may be saying, well, that's Jesus and Jesus is God. And that, while that is true, Jesus left his Godhead and became a man like us. And you need to know something about Jesus. Jesus did not do any healings or miracles, uh, any signs or wonders, uh, any words of knowledge. He didn't do any of that until he received the Holy Spirit. And he was 30 years old when he received the Holy Spirit. It was at his baptism. We, we've read that before. He was getting baptized. The Holy Spirit came upon him. The father said, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. That's when you receive the Holy Spirit, and that's when you start to see the wedding. Water turned to wine. That's when you begin to see healings. You see the blind begin to see. You begin to see all these things. It was when Jesus received the Holy Spirit, and just like us, we need to receive the Holy Spirit just like Jesus did. And that's when the Holy Spirit and Jesus began to do ministry. Now, I love, because uh, he was a man, he was just like us, he needed, to, he needed the word of God, he needed to study. Uh, we don't have many scriptures of Jesus when he was young. We have, obviously, the, when he was born. Uh, we have one scripture where he was about 13, okay? When he was 13, it says that he was growing in his knowledge, he was reading the word of God, he was, uh, like many Jews, he was memorizing the five books of the Bible. Of course, Jesus knew the whole Bible, but he, he, uh, he was in front of scribes and teachers and and all these people, and it says, the only verse that we have, it says that he profounded them in his wisdom. They were overwhelmed by how much, how wise he was at age 13. But it wasn't until age 30 and received the Holy Spirit that we begin to see his ministry and his anointing, and we see it begin to flourish and, and be all over the earth. And so uh, I say that as an encouragement, I think, to each of us, because a lot of us think, well, he's Jesus. Look, Jesus operated in the same way that we operate. He was a man just like us. He received the Holy Spirit just like us. The only difference is, is he never sinned. Okay, that's probably the only difference between, there's a lot of difference between him and us. But in that aspect, he never sinned. But he did receive the Holy Spirit and began to do, uh, began to use and began to receive uh, from the Holy Spirit just like we did all of these gifts. So that's a good example of the word of knowledge is the woman at the well. And I encourage you to read that whole story later. But it transformed her. It transformed her town. And it was all because of a word of knowledge. Now, that is the only scripture we have of the woman at the well. That's it. But look, the, the one scripture we have, look how powerful the word of knowledge was. 
Look how much it impacted her. Look at how much it changed her. Look at how much it changed her city with one moment, one word. And it was actually in correction, but it was good and it was a blessing. Another example is Acts chapter 9, verse 10 through 12. And this is a a story about um, Ananias. Again, this is the only only story we have of Ananias. Uh, Ananias was a believer. He was actually uh, one of the teachers, one of the great, great disciples of Christ. Uh, He actually discipled Paul, uh, helped Paul through his initial years of ministry, helped him grow. Uh, But before that happened, uh, Paul was walking down a road named Damascus. He met Jesus. In fact, Jesus talked to him audibly from heaven. And uh, him and everybody that was with him heard. And he repented, gave his life to Christ. And it says that he had scales over his eyes he couldn't see. I don't know what it was that blinded him or what the scales were. But we do know he couldn't see for a time. And uh, Jesus said, I want you to go uh, live on Straight Street in a man's a uh, man's name, Judas, I want you to stay there, and then I'll reveal to you what's going to happen. So this is where we're at in Scripture in Acts chapter 9. Uh, God is talking to Ananias, and he says this in verse 10. Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. So here's him receiving and waking up and receiving from the Lord. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him in a vision a a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. So this is a word of knowledge. The Lord is telling Ananias, I want you to go pray for a man named Saul. He's at this house. He's on this street. That's all he knows. Uh, Well, he he may know a little bit more because Saul, who who changed his name to Paul, but Saul was a persecutor of Christians. He was actually killing Christians, and he was jailing them and persecuting them. So Ananias might have known who this guy was when he said, go pray for Saul. Uh, it would have taken a lot of faith for Ananias to, to go into a room with the one that's killing his friends and persecuting his friends and throwing him into jail. But the Lord came to Ananias and said, I want you to go to Judas's house on the road called Straight, and I want you to pray for this man named Saul. He's praying to me right now, and when you lay hands on him, he's going to begin to see now, I don't know about you, but if I was Ananias and this guy was out killing people, I'm, I'm probably pretty glad that he can't see. <laughs> I'll go pray for him, God, as long as he can't see me and he doesn't know who I am. But he goes and prays, and God opens his eyes, and maybe Ananias splits before he sees him. But he prayed, and he was healed, and, uh, but that's a word of knowledge. Ananias would not have known without the Lord telling him that. And so uh, that would be what a word of knowledge is. One, one example found in, uh, again, I could share you some of my stories. You could hear a lot of my stories. But I wanted to share one out of this book if you guys have gotten the God I Never Knew. It's, it's out in the lobby. Ten bucks, you can grab one. If you can't afford it, just take it. It's, it's such a blessing. It's such a help to you. But uh, he shares about a story. Uh, Robert does. Who's, this is my pastor from Dallas. And uh, he shares about a story uh, one time where he was at a restaurant and there was a man across from him at a table. Never met the man. But he was sitting there. He's a bodybuilder. And uh, really, really big and, and strong and strappy guy. And he's sitting there with uh, Debbie, his wife. And he says, he looked over. He says, I got a word for this guy. Uh, I need to go tell him. He got a word of knowledge. And so he goes over to the table. And he, he's trying to break the ice because he doesn't, I mean, think about it. It takes a lot of faith and a risk for you to go to talk to somebody that you don't, you don't know and say, hey, I got a word from the Lord from you. Or I need to tell you something, however you want to phrase it. But he goes over and says, hey, uh, you know, do you work out? And the guy laughs, you know. Of course I work out, you know, but, uh, you know, Robert didn't know who he was. And so here this guy was uh, 
a world champion bodybuilder. He had won many tournaments, first in many tournaments. He was known, well known in the bodybuilding community. Uh, he had no idea about that. All, he went over and he says, well, I, I have something to tell you, and this, it's from the Lord. The Lord gave me this, and I just want to tell you, uh, and you can test it, and you can tell me uh, you know, what God's saying through it. But he said, you know, I saw you sitting on the porch on your grandmother's lap crying uh, when you were a child. You were bawling your eyes out. And he said, uh, there was, uh, he, all he knew was one specific, he didn't know the whole situation, just one specific. He was there crying, and his, his grandmother said to him, uh, don't worry, God will make you strong, and when he does, you tell everybody about what God's done. And so, you know, he told him that statement, uh, and he said, you know, I saw you sitting on your grandmother's lap, you were crying, and I, she said that to you. He goes, I just need to tell you something, God's made you strong, but you haven't told anybody about it. And the man paused for a second, and, and Robert writes in the book, and of course, I've, I've heard him tell this story personally. He said, I was kind of intimidated because he was a big guy. And so if he didn't like what he said, he probably could have torn me up. He said, but he started bawling right there, just started crying. And he said, I just told my wife that 10 minutes ago. He said, my mom and dad left me. My grandmother raised me. I was bullied when I was a kid. I was a scrawny little kid, and I was bullied. And it was in that moment that I was getting beat up that I came home and I was crying on my grandmother's lap and I told her what happened and she said, you know what, God will make you strong. And here I am, a world champion bodybuilder now, one of the strongest men on the earth. But I've never told anybody a soul about this conversation. I never told anybody that God did this for me. And I was just telling my wife I need to get right with God. That's a word of knowledge. There's no way he could have known that. I love these gifts because they're so helpful. It's a blessing to you. It's a blessing to them. And it honors God and it exalts God. Of course, he knows everything about everyone. But we've got to be open to say, God, if you were to give me a word of knowledge, first, I would receive it. And secondly, I'd be obedient to deliver it. The second one is discerning of spirits. This is the second, and it's a discerning gift because God is showing you. In fact, the definition of discerning of spirits is that he's making believers aware of the presence of the demonic spirit. Now, because we all watch crazy movies like Poltergeist and all these crazy freaky movies, the Saul's and all those about demonic activity, we have the wrong view of demons. Now, it's not that demons don't have an influence, that demons can't really mess somebody up because the whole, the whole purpose of the enemy, Satan and his clones, all third of the demons, is to kill, steal, and destroy. That's their goal. So, of course, for somebody that's being influenced by a demon or someone that's being influenced or possessed by a demon, it's not going to go well for them. Steal, kill, and destroy is the path they're on from the demon side to them. They may not realize it, they may not see reality, they may not understand, but most people that are influenced by demons or possessed by demons have a similar track record. There's, there's hurt and pain happening to them and they can't say they're being tormented. And so a lot of times when we see these movies, that's what they display. But they display the demons that are so powerful that there's nobody that can win above a demon and that's incorrect. That is not right. And so a lot of times when you leave these movies, you leave in fear you leave it with an aspect of demons that they're, they're very powerful and there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, but that is incorrect. Uh, let me show you in the Bible what discerning the spirits 
looks like. First Corinthians 12.10 is where we find that to another, discerning of spirits. Uh, but a great story in the scriptures of uh, really the correct view of, spirit, of demons is John chapter 5, verses 6 through 20. This is about a man that's actually possessed by a demon. Uh, nobody, even believers in the church in that day, had kind of outcasted him. He's actually living in a tomb. He's shackled and chained because he's so aggressive. Uh, he's actually, Scripture says, living, shackled, and chained naked. So that's just a whole other story. Uh, but he's also, he speaks vulgarities. He's screaming all day and night. He's yelling at people. He's not saying kind things. He's cutting himself. So a lot of people say the Bible isn't, uh, you know, it's, it's not current, that it's old. But listen, this isn't anything new. In fact, the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. What you're seeing are is demons doing what they do best, steal, kill, and destroy. And this man is living naked, shackled in a tomb, screaming vulgarities, and cutting himself. Steal, kill, and destroy at its best. And nobody wants to deal with him. Everyone has just kind of let him there, and everyone avoids him. But Jesus walks into his life, and watch this. So I want you to have a balanced view of what happens when he's when you encounter, so discerning the spirits is an actual gift. You can actually see in somebody's life an influence or a possession of a demon. This is what happens. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. You don't see that in the movies, do you? Demons bowing before Jesus. My God, even demons know who God is. And you need to know that because God's the one that threw him out of heaven. Demons were angels that were thrown out of heaven. So they know who Jesus was because he's the one that said, get out. Satan and all the demons. In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. This is the demon speaking. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus demanded, what is your name? Speaking to the demon. And he replied, my name is Legion. Legion means thousands because there are many of us inside the man. Then the evil spirits, again, Jesus is speaking to the evil spirits, not to the man. Then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send him to some distance. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the spirits begged. Let us enter them. Then Jesus gave them permission. Who has the authority? Jesus does. Listen, guys, discerning the spirits, you need to understand God has all authority over demons. It's not the other way around. And as a believer, with the Holy Spirit inside of you, there's not a demon on this earth that has authority over you. Amen. And we need to understand that. That's why discerning the spirits is such a great gift, because you begin to understand, okay, this demon is influencing this person, or this person is possessed by this demon. And look, you're not there to ridicule the person because you're not fighting against flesh and blood. You're fighting against powers and principalities. You're fighting against the demonic activity on the earth. So notice Jesus isn't making fun of the man. He's not saying, look, you're an evil person. He's speaking to the demon. He's saying, get out of the man. Now watch what happens. The herdsman, uh, where am I? The evil spirits came out of the man, entered the pigs, and the entire herd of about 2,000, because legion means thousands in, in military terms, pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned into the water. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there, fully clothed, perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. 
Then those who had seen what happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs, and the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. Not because of the demon, because they lost their flock over the hillside. They were mad because they lost their, of course, in that day, that was their paycheck. They lost the paycheck over the hillside, and they were mad at Jesus. They said, go away. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him, but Jesus said, no, go home to your family. Tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he's been. So the man started off to visit the 10 towns. Some of your Bibles say Decapolis. That means 10 towns of the region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for them. And everyone was amazed at what he had told them. See, we need to make another movie about demons because what you see put in front of you is not true. There is power and influence and there is an aspect of uh, of influence demons do have on people but the truth is demons have no power over christ and his followers the demons have no power over you that are filled with the holy spirit and so look we don't need to fear demons in fact demons fear us demons fear christ they fear the spirit that's inside of you and so discerning of spirits is a great gift because now you can really help somebody that's influenced by demons or possessed by a demon. And I'll tell you, because of the political nature and the world that we live in and the inclusiveness, look, we don't need to be accepting demons are okay in our culture. We don't need to be accepting that they're controlling and influencing what's happening in our world. Look, we're not fighting against people. This isn't about you're right, I'm wrong. This is really about God and his word and the blessing of God's word to every person that lives on this earth because he made us all. And notice what happens with this guy. The guy wasn't mad, was he? He wasn't upset that Jesus cast the demons out. He was actually, it actually changed him and transformed him so much so that he went into 10 different cities and told everybody what Jesus has done and many people come to the Lord. This is the amazing part about a word of knowledge and discerning the spirits. Again, it's for others, and it's an amazing blessing to the others, and it transforms and changes that person. The woman at the well was changed. This possessed man was changed. Any person that experiences the presence of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God, and the truth of God will be changed. Amen. So that's discerning the spirits. It's a blessing. And I know some of us were like, I don't want that gift. Look, I just want you to open your hearts. Jesus said this many times to religious people. He said this to the Jews because they kept stiff, stiffening their neck, hardening their hearts, and closing their eyes and closing their ears off to what was being said. Look, anything that the Holy Spirit wants to do in our life, let's be okay with saying, Lord, I'm open. Of course, we may have to take a risk. Of course, maybe we may have to step out in faith. But look, anything the Holy Spirit is doing will be good and a blessing and be helpful to people. Words of knowledge, discerning of spirits, and third, words of wisdom. Word of wisdom is a divine answer or solution for a particular question or challenge. Again, it's a divine answer, not a natural answer, a divine answer to a solution to a particular question or challenge. So I've got, of course, a Bible verse for you, Matthew 17, if you want to turn there. You find this verse right before word of uh, knowledge, word of wisdom is in verse 8 of 1 Corinthians. Uh, but Matthew 17, we'll, we'll be there in a second. But let me give you two stories. One of somebody that goes here, and then second of, a, of a, the scripture. Uh, one of our uh, great 
uh, let me just say one of our great leaders, one of our deacons here, Dave Laux, has, has been a phenomenal friend, not only to our church, but to me and Jen and uh, to many of you. So many of you know Dave. Dave is running the camera right behind you, and he doesn't want credit, but you can wave at him anyway and say, hi, Dave. And so, but Dave, Dave is always, I'm always enamored and amazed. Dave is a, it really is a uh, phenomenal, he's very wise when it comes to electronics, and you know, he, he's over, he's a deacon over all of our tech, and so uh, this is a uh, a great plugging point if you want to be involved. Dave is one of the greatest teachers you'll have about technology. But uh, if you want to be part of that team, you can talk to him after service. But, uh, but he's very brilliant, and he's an electrical engineer. He works for a great company that's worldwide. And so, uh, but he, uh, he's told many stories uh, to me and to others about how he comes up on a problem. And this is what the word of wisdom does, is you come up on a problem where you, don't, you can't figure it out. Uh, but I've heard him say many times, I didn't know what to do, so I prayed. And if you've ever talked to Dave about electronics or uh, even science, any of that stuff, he's very, very wise. And I love his humbleness that, look, if I don't know something, I'm going to ask God. I'm going to pray. And many times in what he's designing or making or creating for other people, uh, he does, he's up against the wall and he prays and God gives him a solution. He gives him an answer. It's, it comes from God. He, he's done everything in his power that he knows what to do and he prays and God gives him a solution. In fact, just a few months ago, he shared a testimony here where he was working with a bunch of clients and he was going to present this, uh, this creation or invention that he made. He was, he was getting ready to present it and the thing just stopped working right before. There was no way he could fix it. He had made all kinds of different things that he could to fix it, but there's no way, so he prayed, and all of a sudden, the thing started working. You know, he was getting ready to go into this meeting saying, hey, look, it's a bust, I'm sorry, here's what I made, but it's not gonna work. But all of a sudden, he prayed, and God made it work. And it was able to help others. This is what a word of wisdom is. A word of wisdom is something that only God can do. It doesn't mean that you don't work hard and you try to figure things out and use your logic and use your education, uh, but there's a point sometimes when God's smarter than we are, and regardless what our field is or what our expertise is, there's always going to be room for God to show us something that we didn't know. And I love that about Dave. He's always like, well, I, I can't figure it out, so let's just, I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to ask God about it. And many times he's, he's shared this story over and over and over again about how it's helped him in his job and helped him in his faith and helped him in his life. Uh, here's, a, here's another aspect of a, a word of wisdom, and this is a good one, especially if you like to fish. Anyone like to fish? This is a fishing day you'll never forget. Matthew 17, 24, 27. So this is a word of uh, knowledge, uh, or I'm sorry, a word of wisdom in Scripture. It says, and uh, this is a story where Jesus and all of his disciples, so the 12 and Jesus are walking into a town. You, you could read about this in Scripture. You see them going town to town, but all the disciples are with them. Uh, but the conversation is between him and Peter, all right? Uh, so just out of context. So they came to Capernaum, uh, and they're talking to Peter and Jesus. When they had come to Capernaum, those who received the temple tax came to Peter and said, does your teacher not pay the temple tax? He said, yes, my teacher does not pay the temple tax. And when he had come into the house, Jesus anticipated him saying, what do you think, Simon? His name is Simon Peter. So Peter, from, you, from who do the kings of the earth take customs or taxes, from their sons or from strangers? Peter said to him, well, from strangers. And Jesus said to him, then the sons are free. Nevertheless, lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in the hook, take the fish that first comes up, or take the fish that comes up first, and when it opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and you. Now that is a great fishing trip, 
That's a story that net fishermen don't have, right? Usually we catch a fish and we say, it was this big. <laughs> right? It always gets bigger, too. It always gets bigger. But I don't know of any fisherman that said, I caught a fish and I opened its mouth. Money! That would be great. We would all be fishermen, wouldn't we? But this is a word of, not, this is a, this is a word of wisdom. Jesus said, look, the people want our taxes. Now, if you, if you know anything about the Old Testament... There was a, a tax called the temple tax. It was actually called the atonement tax. And everybody paid it, rich or poor, it didn't matter. Once a year, you paid an atonement tax. It was a half a shekel. It was the same amount for the poor or the rich. You didn't have to pay more. You didn't have to pay less. It was the same amount for everybody. Everyone paid the atonement tax. And that tax went right to the temple for maintenance and different things like that. Uh, so I thought that would be great that we start the West Ridge atonement tax. I thought that would be awesome. A half a shekel. No, I'm kidding. We're not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. But, but this is, Jews for years, thousands of years paid this tax. Uh, so Jesus was exempt from the tax because he's king, king of the Jews. He's the king of everything. And uh, the sons, which he sets free, right, is a tax for the, for the sons or for the strangers. It's for the strangers. Okay, well, you're my son, right? If you get saved, we're the son and daughter of God. So we're exempt from the tax. But because this is going to create an uproar if I Jesus, the king, don't pay the tax, and you, my son, don't pay the tax. So to appease them, go catch a fish. You're going to open its mouth. There's going to be money in there. Give that to them for me and for you. So there was one shekel, half, half, one shekel for two people. So a few things about this story. That is a word of wisdom. There's no way Peter could have known that the first catch of fish he would have would have money in his mouth. It's, It's not known. It's because the Holy Spirit instructed Jesus to tell him, that I want you to go catch a fish and there will be money in his mouth and then you can give that to him for me and for you. There's many miracles here, first of all. First of all, the first fish he caught had money in it, just like God said. Secondly, uh, there was enough money in there to pay the tax for both of them, the atonement tax, the temple tax. I really think it's hilarious that Jesus is paying atonement tax when he is the atonement for us. I mean, he shouldn't have to pay. He is the atonement, you know, so he shouldn't have to pay that. But, but he does just because people are people. And, um, but what I also want you to see is all the other disciples were there. The, the atonement tax was for people 20 and up. So Jesus being over 30 and Peter was over 20. They both had to pay the tax, but the other 10 didn't have to. How about that? So what does that mean? They were teenagers. They were under 20. Did you know that all the disciples that changed the world were young people? That's just another message and nugget in itself. But that's pretty powerful, isn't it? Young people, believe in yourself. Jesus believed in you. That's a word of wisdom. When you can't figure something out, there's no solution. We have a God that cares enough to say, hey, turn to me. There may be a fish. There may be an answer to fixing that electronic. There may be something that I have for you that you need right now. And so I, I just wanted to end this message with... Really just going back to the, where's our heart? What is there to be afraid of? Maybe you're here and you wall up when it comes to spiritual gifts. Why? It's a gift, just like salvation is a gift. Look, he distributes as he wills. So there's no pressure on our part to make it happen. You'll know when he gives you the gift. There's nothing special in my hand or your hand. I can't make it happen. Look, he's the owner and he's the distributor. But you know what? We have to have a heart that's ready to receive. Stewardship's not just about money. 
Stewardship is also about your faith. And stewardship is also about the Word of God. God is not going to give you more if you won't take what He's given to you. So if He gives you a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom and you won't distribute it, why would He give you more? But those that will, those that will take the risk and take the step of faith and say, okay, I'm going to give that word of knowledge. Look, I can trust you with more. Stewardship is a life of faith. So today, just open your heart. Look, I'm not asking you to do something crazy or weird. There's no snakes that you need to step on. None of that. But let's just open our heart to God. Let's open our heart to the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, is there something you're saying to me? And maybe you're sitting here saying, well, that's, that's for the pastors and that's for the apostles. No, look at 1 Corinthians 12, 11. Look at this. But one in the same spirit, after we just talked about all nine gifts, works all these things distributed into each one individually that's every single believer every one of us which means the gifts are available to every single one of us of course he's the owner and he's distributing them look so we can't control when he gives them to us but i don't know about you but i, I don't want to be as paul said ignorant of the fact that i'm not even seeking them i'm not even asking i'm not even open to them i want to be at a place where god if there's something you want to do in my life, I'm open. It's always going to be a blessing to me and to others. These gifts are for other people. So loving God says, God, I'm going to seek you. The Bible always says those that will seek me will find me. God, I'm going to seek you. I'm going to seek your heart. I'm seeking this relationship that Jesus Christ died and rose from the grave to give me. We just took the cup knowing that what Jesus promised would happen. And he said in John 16, it's to your benefit that I go away and I go to the Father and I send you the Holy Spirit. Why is it to your benefit? Because the Holy Spirit's gonna help you mature and grow and receive the fruits of God into your life. And he's gonna gift you with things along the way that you're gonna need, that's why. And so today, I just want you to be open. I want you to come to a place of reception. You know, lift your hands, open your hands and say, God. And look, if, you're, if you've been at a place where you haven't been seeking, Maybe you've been avoiding. Maybe you've been squandering him. Just go and say, Holy Spirit, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know what it looks like. I don't even know what it feels like. I've never done this before. Just be at a place to say, but I'm open. I'm turning to you, and I need you to help me. That's what he does. He's the helper. So why don't you stand to your feet this morning. Let's close with that part of openness and reception. we can, why don't you uh, lift your hands? Just lift your hands to him. Look, I want you to be sincere. Don't lift him because I'm telling you, just lift him out of respect and, and awesomeness of who he is. And then in your own words, wherever you are, maybe you're in one of the camps. Look, it doesn't matter. Just come to a place to say, Holy Spirit, I want to grow in this relationship I have with you. I want to grow. Maybe you're here today and you've never received a spiritual gift, not once. Is it because of where you are. Is it because your heart's been closed? Look, just right there, just say, God, I'm sorry, I'm open. I want to know, I want to understand. Look, I can't tell you if it's going to happen today or tomorrow or next month, but it really doesn't matter because just one time, even if God did it one time in your life, Ananias changed the world. We have the New Testament because he used the gift and it changed Paul forever. So we at least got to be at a place, God, even if it's one time, I'm open. God, if it's every day, I'm open. If it's once a month, I'm open. Jesus, I, Holy Spirit, I just want to know, I want you to know that my heart is open to receive. I know that you own, I know that you distribute, but maybe you're here today and you're just saying, I've been a little bit closed off. I haven't been really open to this. 
but now I am. Today I am. Today everything changes. So right there, we're going to sing this song, and I want you to worship him. But before you do, let's unite our hearts in prayer together. Holy Spirit, we're here. Come on, Lord. Speak to us. Lord, I know you're inside of me. I've already received Jesus. And look, if you haven't today, you can receive Jesus right now and the Holy Spirit right now. These gifts can be active right now, but you have to be following the Lord. He's got to be the Lord of your life. Jesus has to be your Savior. Repent and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm receiving you as Lord of my life. And watch and see that he will transform you and change you. Just like that demon-possessed man, just like that woman in the well, just like every person that's ever experienced Jesus will be changed forever. Holy Spirit, whether I've got walls, whether I don't, I've never known or I've never tried, God, I'm, I'm changing my attitude. I'm changing my perspective. Lord, I'm leaning into the relationship I have with you. Today's a new day. And I thank you for all that you are in my life. Thank you that you're growing me, that you're blessing me, that you're prospering me, that you're growing this relationship that I have with you. Lord, I, I always need help. I don't want to be at a place where I say, I don't need God. God, I always need your help. And if there's a gift that you want to show me, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, discerning of a spirits, God, if you want to show me something, I'm, my heart is open, my mind is open, my eyes are open. And God, I know that there's going to be somebody you want me to give this to. Give me the faith. That's one of the things we'll talk about next week. God, give me the faith to go to them and share in love and grace and mercy and truth. Give me the faith to share it. But right now, God, I'm just turning to you. I'm saying, do what you do best. That's empower me, fill me, make me everything that you've designed me and you've blessed me to be. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Everyone said, let's worship together. And if you need prayer for anything at all, maybe it's one of these gifts, you want to pray more about it, you want someone to pray over you, we'd love to do that. Many times in the scripture, people lay hands, whether it's the apostles or elders or pastors or or lay leaders, many times they lay their hands on you and instantly it happens. And so just be obedient to say, God, I'm, I'm willing. If you want more prayer, come up for prayer. If there's sickness in your life, there's something you want prayer for, come and pray. If you just want to share a praise, maybe you have a story of when God's given you one of these gifts that you want to share, come and tell us. That encourages us. We need to hear those things too. So whatever you need today, come up for prayer. But before you do, let's worship. And at any time, if you're ready to pray or ready to share, just come. You're not interrupting. At any time, you can come and pray or you can come and give a praise report. Whatever you want, you can come down. So teams, come on forward. Let's worship together. Let's open our minds and hearts to the Lord. Let's, let's worship together.